If you're the kind of dad who disciplines his kids with the words, this is the way, and this is the way is your way, then this is the podcast special for you. We are Bad to the Dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. For all the dads of all those little baby Yodas or Grogu's out there, we welcome you to our special, our January special, where we talk sci-fi and fantasy streaming and movies. We're going to have a, a panel of guests coming up in just a bit. My name is Adam D., and it is my great pleasure to introduce my friend who I've been a little distant from this holiday season. That is Coach Randy. Coach, I gotta tell you, it's been a crazy week. I think what the world needs is a little <laughs> bit of escapism, talking a little bit about sci-fi and fantasy. <laughs> Who knew that that would be, that would be logic, that would be sanity, that yes. would be where where mature and <laughs> and well-adjusted adults would would be spending their time. Yes, Adam D. It has uh, it has been quite a week, um, almost as if you're watching a TV show of some sort of of reality and fiction and all tied up and it is nice to be able to come in and allow some of our dads who've come to our show before who understand our message and our desire to focus on being dads and have some fun talking about sci-fi and some of the greatest shows out there uh, that we've been been watching so it is uh, gonna be a great show I'm excited I know you're excited you know who else is excited about this show I can only imagine this person who is excited not only keeps us sane mm-hmm. but does work that's out of this world and who might that be coach Becky Berman of BourbonCS.com. Berman Branding is her her, her work, and uh, she's still with us as a sponsor, continues to be with us even through our specials. <laughs> and I actually heard, because I spoke to her not long ago, that she has officially flipped her website to BermanBranding.com. So you could still go to Berman CS, and it will take you to BermanBranding.com. So, you know, being the marketing genius that she is, all of her social media platforms are at Berman Branding, and now her website is BermanBranding.com. And you know what she's going to be working on uh, for us is a whole line of dad lifestyle t-shirts featuring our favorite character, Bone Daddy. Bone Daddy. Yeah, so we gave her a few ideas, and we're going to show you a whole menu of those designs, and maybe one speaks to you. You pick up a t-shirt. Um, we're going to try to keep the, the pricing very comfortable for, for everybody, especially during these pandemic times. And who knows? Maybe we'll even give a couple of bucks to Movember and Movember.com or some other men's health it's, charity. It's, it's about time. Season five, we have a following. We're in the top 30 in Luxembourg. You got to have you have to have gear. It's time to have some gear. Uh, we're going to have a book. We've promised our listeners a uh, bad to the dad book. And, you know, uh, to think about our I love the times that we come up with our our, our, our names for our, our episodes. We have a one sheet working on a marketing one sheet to enhance our whole business and our whole platform. We're, we're going to go big here in 2021. I believe that we're yep. fifth season is the season. Well, to you're going to get seasons five and six this year. Yeah. You're going to get so, five and six. So yeah, we're, uh, we, we've got big plans and, and you know what I love about what we talk about, what we're doing behind the scenes, the listener is so much a part of our growth, not just our numbers and you know, just people downloading every week, but they are part of, 
Oh, look at that. Where'd you get that, Coach? Right. Coach so is showing me a Dadalorian mug. Yes, out of nowhere, I just forgot. This was a Hanukkah present from my daughter, uh, a Dadalorian cup that says, like a dad, just way cooler. See also handsome and exceptional. Uh, and I know I dropped you mid-sentence because today's episode is the Dadalorian. The Dadalorians. Um, uh, and I, we cannot take credit necessarily for the word now. Um, I thought we were unique in that. We but, thought we were all that smart and yes, somebody else uh, came up with it. So we're not calling the Dedalorian. We're calling our episode Dedalorians, right? Uh, but clearly dads are in everybody's mind. And so we bypass copyright dad. infringement by adding an S. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, it's good. We're going to have a lawyer on our panel in Chris Diaz. So yes. maybe he can, uh, if not defend us, at least indemnify us. <laughs> Plausible deniability. Plausible deniability. So it's going to be a, a great program. Stay tuned again. We've got all the same dudes that were on last year's sci-fi and fantasy special when we were talking about the rise of Skywalker and the first season of Mandalorian. You got Neil Tenzer. You got John Brooks. You got Chris Diaz from Wine with Cheetos. And Coach Randy and I are also going to weigh in on some of our favorite binge-worthy sci-fi and fantasy series. That's coming up next on Bad to the Dead. We are Bad to the Dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. We are back with another Dad Geeks Dan Dadalorian special. You know, when you're offline for a couple of weeks and you come back with another episode, you call it special. And we're with a real special group of guys. Hey, remember, finding us on social media, it's super easy. Our handle for most social media platforms is at Bad to the Dad. That's at Bad to the Dad. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. We also have a website because you still need to have a website this day and age, www.badtothedad.com. And if you want to contact us, that's easy too. We have email, contact us at badtothedad.com, contact us at badtothedad.com, or DM us through any of the social media platforms. Coach, we're bringing the band back together last January. We brought these dudes on because we wanted to talk about all of the Star Wars vehicles that had come out at that time. One of them was the uh, the last installation of the Star Wars movies to date, to date, and that was The Rise of Skywalker. And we also wanted to talk about that first season of The Mandalorian. So so we're back and we're thrilled to do that. Back by popular demand. Popular demand. And when we say popular demand, that populace is Coach Randy and I. Exactly. So, yeah, we've decided to bring everybody back. I praise. Uh, yeah, let's not waste any time. Let's get right into introductions. First guest, here is the guy who will lock himself in a basement during quarantine and watch anything that is Walking Dead related. Walking Dead, fear the Walking Dead. Who farted? I think it was the Walking Dead. It's John Brooks. Hello, John. Good to see you. Hello, good to be here. Good to have you back. Good to have you back. Our next panelist is a guy who, when he's on the IT help desk, he helps his clients in Klingon and Romulan, and that is Neil Tenzer. Neil, is that an effective way of solving problems on the IT help desk? Not really, but we'll go with it. Okay, very good. <laughs> and then we're uh, now going to introduce a guest who I think is trying to beat out drummer Jason Gianni for the most appearances. 
on Bad to the Dad. And that, of course, is the owner and blogger of Wine with Cheetos. Please check it out. It's about all things comic booky. It's Don Chris Diaz. And Chris is a lawyer. So I have to know, Chris, when you're litigating yeah. and there's a decision that's coming down that you don't quite like, do you put on the Infinity Gauntlet and snap? If I were a Marvel guy, I might. <laughs> I just, I, I just call, I just call what's left of the, uh, of the Justice League. In the, uh, All right, I understand yeah. it. A DC loyalist. <laughs> so I think that's a great start. So let's do a warm up act and uh, and talk a little bit. First, we'll talk a little bit about the agenda. What we're going to be discussing today, as you saw on social media, there are four topics, uh, four vehicles in sci-fi and fantasy that came out this year that we want to cover. Uh, one is Wonder Woman, so that'll be our warm up act. Then we'll talk a little bit about the Umbrella Academy, which streamed on Netflix, uh, season two. Then we have season two of The Boys that we need to talk about uh, on Amazon. Absolutely outrageous, but lovable. And then we'll round it all out with woo, 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 the Mandalorian, where Baby Yoda actually has a name. So let's kick it off with our warm-up act. And Wonder Woman, as we know, was a long-awaited film. And uh, it was supposed to be out in theaters, I think, this summer, but you know, obviously because of the pandemic, had a limited release in theaters, as well as a release on HBO Max on Christmas Day 2020. John, why don't we start with you? Wonder Woman, your thoughts. Okay, Wonder Woman 1984, my opinion. Long-awaited movie, also a long movie, a little mm -hmm. bit too long. Um, I did think the last 40 minutes were actually pretty good. As an overall movie, nowhere near as good as the first one. Um, Gal Gadot was always a pleasure to watch for obvious reasons. And uh, again, just again, wasn't bad, wasn't great. It was okay. Um, Kristen Wiig, surprisingly, was very, very good in it. I didn't, wouldn't, didn't know what to expect with her as Cheetah, but she did a great job. Um, Pedro Pascal as Max Lord. Honestly, from the comic books, I don't remember him as a character because I wasn't into it that much back then, but he was very, very over the top. But again, it's the 80s, so 80s is over the top. So I accepted it. It was fine. Again, good, not great. Um, I like the cameo at the very end, Linda Carter. As a kid in the 70s and 80s, I definitely appreciated that. So that's my take on Wonder Woman 1984. It's, it's the one franchise in DC movies that actually they, they get it right, from my, my opinion. Now, Chris, you're the DC loyalist, so I, I'd be remiss if I didn't go to you next. So what, what were your thoughts, and, and do you agree with John? I, you know, surprisingly, I agree with John <laughs> at least a little on this. Uh, there you go, Chris. I'm, not, I'm a little, a little. Let's not get okay. carried away. Um, okay. The, <laughs> I, I don't get a lot of the hate for this, um, you know, a lot of the hate that's, you know, not necessarily from John, but just in general um, on, on the interwebs and, and whatnot, uh, because I feel like this movie sort of responded to every criticism that DC movies had, right? They're too dark. Um, they're too depressing. Uh, you know, this was colorful from the get-go. Um, I found it to be a throwback to the Donner films, uh, the Superman Donner films. It was kind of like that, the opening sequence, the uh, scene in the mall, you know, the interaction with the kids, you know, who's your favorite superhero, right? And she's zipping around the mall, uh, you know, saving people. I, I, I liked that they decided to go that route with her. Um, my gripe if any, with the movie was that, well, it might, might necessarily be twofold, but the first was that, you know, I had been trying to speculate for months about how they bring back Steve Trevor. 
And they bring back, and I'm okay with how they bring back Steve Trevor. You know, there's this, we could spoil away here, right? Um, there's this magic rock and uh, the rock grants wishes. And that's part of, part of the deal. But um, they bring him back sort of an invasion of the body snatchers way where he takes over someone else's body. His spirit takes over someone else's body. And Diana sees is the only one who sees Steve Trevor in that body. Everyone else sees him as the person that he actually has occupied, right? The movie wouldn't have suffered an ounce if they had just brought back Steve Trevor. If she had wished to bring back Steve Trevor and Steve Trevor, you know, appeared, it wouldn't have hurt the movie at all. Um, my other gripe with the movie just a little bit is that I wanted more Cheetah. And Cheetah is Wonder Woman's villain. Max Lord, I always, you know, having read the comics, referred to him as a, uh, as a poor man's Lex Luthor. And, you know, he's got kind of all those characteristics, but he's nowhere near as, as intelligent or as powerful as Lex Luthor is. So I would have liked to have seen Lex, I would, Lex, see, I almost did it. Um, I would like to have seen Max Lord drop to the second tier villain bring Cheetah up to the first tier villain. Maybe he's her sidekick. Maybe he's her, her henchman. And she's really running the show. But I mean, overall, I love the 80s uh, throwbacks. I mean, I smiled like a six-year-old when we saw The Invisible Jet. Um, I loved a lot about the movie. So I don't have that many gripes with it at all. I thought it was great. I think it suffered from not being in theaters because those moments like the jet, I think you would have had roars crowds and it's you know it's you and, and whoever you kind of got to watch the movie with you in the living room and you know maybe it doesn't resonate the same way oh all right well if that's a warm-up act for a dc guy i can only imagine what uh what we're going to hear from chris when we get to the mandalorian neil who did you see this movie with uh so i actually watched it by myself but before, by, by before yourself. i go before i go i just want to say I, I never know if it's better or worse to go before diaz or after him <laughs> because I'm set up to fail right to get go when he goes nuts or before like, like John did, you know, it was very nice set up. He let in, but well, but then you forget about John quickly because Thanks. Chris takes over. <laughs> so no offense, but yes, I, I did. Uh, I did. I did watch it by myself. The kids did not want to watch it. The wife was sleeping and it was me. Which, which I find interesting because the first one, that was like a family film. Everyone was like really charged up to see that. And when the first one came out, it was a whole women's empowerment thing. Like yes. this is the superhero for girls. And I, I everybody did on this call has girls. Yes. Everybody on this Correct. call is a dad of at least one girl. So, um, you know, I think that's what got us to the theaters for that one. And I was yep. sort of looking for that same kind of thing on uh, with even with this um, HBO Max kind of uh, offering. So. I don't know. I digress. Go ahead, Neil. Right. No, I, you know, I, I put the lights down. It was at night. I tried to create that movie theater atmosphere. Uh, and then, but I got to lie down on the couch and watch it. So that, that was nice. Uh, again, just to kind of pick up what both of these guys said, uh, I, I, I agree with parts of both of what they said. Uh, I didn't think it was great. I thought it was good. Um, I did, I did like the throwbacks. Uh, I thought, it might have been a little too campy. A little, they tried to flush too much of the uh, 80s into it. But then when I kind of step back and look at it again, I think it, it might have felt right. The whole mall scene, 
it, it was, you did appreciate it. You know, I, I grew up in Rockaway, New Jersey by the Rockaway Mall and, uh, you know, it had that feel to it, you know, so you, you did appreciate that. Um, Kristen Wiig, I did like her as Cheetah. Again, I agree with Chris, there should have been more of, of Cheetah. Uh, her, uh, when you first meet her, I felt she was too much of an SNL character. Just, you know, her, her nuances of uh, being shy and timid. She plays some of those characters on the show, or she did, and it felt very much like that. Uh, but again, she, overall, she, she did, I thought she really did the part well. Um, again, Chris, I, I don't, so I, obviously, yes, you see Chris Pine as Steve Trevor for the audience, and, and uh, Wonder Woman sees him as well. But does she see him as Steve Trevor, or does she see him as the guy who he's inside? And we're just seeing Chris Pine because that's, you're not gonna see some no-name actor pretend to be Steve Trevor. I wonder if uh, who she really sees when she's with him. Does she see the guy he's in or does she see him take over the guy? Well, the fact that we're actually talking about this bodes the question, you know, did, did this work? Did this accomplish what you know, right. that the, the film was, was supposed to do? instead of just royally confusing everyone. Coach. You know, um, Adam D, as I sat here listening uh, to the articulation of three great gents, um, I couldn't agree more with, with, with Jonathan and Chris Diaz. Uh, I bow to thee in greatness. I think two more visits, you get the, uh, you get the new red jacket that we have for our seven-time visitors. Uh, and the Neil, members only jacket, but it's a members jacket. Only, <laughs> members only. Uh, and Neil, I agree, having to follow such the, uh, the dialect of such a genius. <laughs> of uh, of Christia's it's not easy but you did farewell uh i'm somewhat disappointed in the fact that i'm going to deal with the best part about the show is she's freaking hot and uh neil as i thought you were going to talk about i'm going to you know sit on the couch the lights are down be by myself i'm thinking you know it's the 80s man i cannot begin to tell you how many times i looked at linda carter's poster holding it up with one hand i'm just letting you know i'm just letting i'm letting it out there <laughs> and there's the 13 of the pg-13 <laughs> i'm just saying that let's be honest about wonder woman right and wonder woman 84 wow that was they haven't gotten it life. wrong every and, time they've uh, cast it they haven't gotten it wrong coach uh, neil i thought you were going to a place a little bit disappointed in the fact you stopped off with by yourself lights down expecting a little bit more but for me I'll just throw it out there. They're just freaking hot. That's all I have to say. That's my two cents. Adam Lindy Carter looked but, amazing. She she looked yes, she as good as she did back on the show. So She's, again, if if they're setting for uh, setting something up for a sequel again, and you could do that because you left you left Cheetah open, you left uh, Linda Carter there as that other character. Forgot the name, but. She's there, and clearly she could still play the play a role as an Amazonian, even if it's not Wonder Woman. Let's see that happen. Right, and her cameo fit perfectly into the story. Also, never mind just throwing her in there as the older woman, woman from the '80s. Her, her cameo fit perfectly. She's part of the narrative, right? Now exactly. she's a character within the whole pantheon of uh, of Wonder Woman. By the way, speaking of of Wonder Woman and HBO Max, you know they're now streaming the old Wonder Woman shows. And just for giggles, because it had been you know decades since I had seen it, I watched as much of the first episode as I could tolerate. Now it takes bad. about it takes about a half an hour for Linda Carter to get 
introduced into the first episode. It's a, it's an hour long pilot and the acting, the writing is, is so goofy. There's like a, <laughs> you know, Americans versus Nazi theme because it takes place during world war two. But um, like even, even the Nazis, you can't take seriously. They're right. like, like the go goofy cast off Germans that, that nobody wanted, but neither here nor there. All right. I'll just throw my two cents in. I thought it was fun wasn't as good as the first first of all as everyone is saying you put gaga dope in in a movie it already has an a all right and then it just declines from there Kristen wig i actually think she's got some range now mm -hmm. you know i thought she was just a comedic actress i thought this was a breakout for her i know that she was in the martian playing kind of like a pr person and did that very well a lot of range in this show i was still waiting for somebody to just jump out and go jilly <laughs> jilly and her to go what's up <laughs> that didn't happen. Pedro Pascal was uh, looking for something a little bit more, I don't know, edgy concrete. And that's probably because I was so used to him in Narcos and, you know, what we've seen under the helmet with Mandalorian. But, uh, you know, again, he, he, he played the role he was directed to play. And that, as you said, was the sort of cheesy 80s villain who finds a rock and, and makes wishes and, and, and grants wishes. So, you know, uh, sometimes you have hits or misses. I, uh, would say if I was giving it a grade, I would probably give it a uh, overall a B minus. And it was uh, salvaged by Gal Gadot's uh, appearance, as uh, I think we all agree. All right, let's shift now to the Umbrella Academy. And now I'm gonna start with Chris because he's sort of our comic book guru on the panel and understands a lot of the backstory. Uh, Chris, just from a personal standpoint, this weekend I spent some time reviewing some of the comics, the digital comics, because remember, this is a series based on a graphic novel. And right. the comics are weird. They're just, you know, they're, they're drawn in a very haunting, very, you know, zombie-esque type of style. And I know that's kind of hard to translate to, to the series. So I know you had actually, I believe you had read the series, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I, I haven't read the full series, but I, but I have read some of them, yeah. Yeah, I've read some of them, mm -hmm. okay. So, what they did in season two, transporting everybody to Dallas in the early 1960s. And again, you know, the whole family was scattered across the first three years of the 1960s. And we all know what happened in Dallas. Did it work? Um, I, I think it did. I really enjoyed the second, uh, the second season. I, um, you know, if there's, if there's any, um, any complaint at all with the second season is that I prefer the Umbrella Academy when they dysfunctionally work together and you had them separated uh, for most of the episodes. But even then, you know, getting to watch each of them and get to, you know, know each character maybe a little better than you knew them last time, especially Vanya. I mean, we, we, we learn so much more about her when she's separated from the family that's been trying to keep her down the whole time. Um, that, and I mean, and hard, you know, Hargreaves, I mean, we learned uh, a lot more about him because he's actually here and involved. Uh, and by the way, <laughs> we said there were going to be spoilers on yeah. social media. So <laughs> yeah. listen, rip yeah. the bandaid off. And yeah. if you want to say that Hargreaves is an alien, say that Hargreaves is an alien. Because we know <laughs> uh, Hargreaves is an alien, but is he? Keep that in mind. Okay. Um, yeah. So, you know more than I do. So, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of hints peppered throughout the, um, throughout the episode, uh, throughout the the, uh, this, this particular season. Like, for example, it was just a throwaway line where, um, 
one of the members of the cabal that Hargraves is working with uh, says to him something about your work on the dark side of the moon, right? And if you remember that, that's, that's um, you know, where he had sent uh, his, his, his number one uh, up to the moon. And the whole idea was that he was up there just to keep him out of his way, give him a sense of purpose because he had been so impressed about his accident. Well, it doesn't necessarily, you know, bode that that's the way that it, it plays out. Um, for, for me, one of the great things that I... Um, that I picked up on in a second watching of the last couple of episodes is, um, I know it's gonna kill me, and if one of you remember uh, the name of the, um, the little boy who, um, who has all the powers that Vanya is helping to take care oh, of. Yeah. I can't remember his name. His name um, but uh, in the barn scene, I believe at the very end when you've got this you know, battle of the time travelers and uh, you know, uh, the commission uh, versus the Umbrella Academy. Uh, once everything is sort of cleared and said and done, um, he's sitting there levitating a little bird in his hand. And I didn't pick up on that the first go around. And then when the Umbrella Academy shows up back in their timeline, not realizing how horribly they had altered it, uh, they're introduced to the Sparrow Academy. Sparrow Academy. Right. So space-time right. continuum is completely right. screwed. Yeah. Right. Well, they did that to themselves, right? Mm -hmm. uh, right? Remember the meeting that they had with Hargraves. So they're sitting at this table with Hargraves. Hargraves finds out that these are going to be his kids, right? So knowing full well he's got to do something to stop that because they're just a bunch of screw-ups. <laughs> at some point later on, he decides... I'm not adopting these kids. I'm not going to bring them into, into my orbit and screw everything up. So he basically, and he does never gets to see Ben because Ben is dead. Right. Mm -hmm. So he does adopt Ben, but he adopts a bunch of other kids with powers that don't necessarily correlate with that 1989, I think birth date right, and right. brings them in to create this new Academy. And I think what you're going to find is not all of those characters are what you think they are. Yeah. I don't want to spoil too much, but all right. freeze frame at that last group of the of the Sparrow Academy. Look in your upper left-hand corner. You'll get an idea. And Neil, we know you're going to sit this one out, but I heard a rumor that you're <laughs> going to finish watching the Umbrella Academy. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you will. <laughs> and hopefully I've stimulated your mind to go actually and sit and, and burn seven well, hours of your life on you know, Adam D, you know, I'm not afraid to follow uh, the great order of Chris Diaz. I, I'm happy to I'm stand going there. Last. Um, I'm, I'm happy to. Because uh, I'm not afraid. Because I'm going to ask, you know, you know who has two thumbs and loves Travel Academy? Chris Diaz? No. no has oh, two and thumbs. you. Uh, yeah. This guy right here. Wow, oh, okay. This guy right here. Two marvelous him. thumbs, too, Coach. Yep, two great thumbs. This guy loved. I don't want to be anywhere near those thumbs, but yeah. over Zoom, those thumbs are looking quite fine. Look at these thumbs. It's amazing what I can do with these thumbs. Yeah. Just, just letting you guys okay. know, right? Mm -hmm. This guy, and I, I watched Umbrella Academy because of my, my, my peer and my re respect for the great Chris Diaz, and he was right. I enjoyed it uh, thoroughly. Couldn't get enough of it, um, and I love the. Uh, but my, my kids knew six from whatever show he's on. Yeah, uh, the, uh, oh, five, five from uh, or, yeah, five. Vicky, yeah, five. Vicky, 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 no, they're all sick. Is six Vanya? Yeah, uh, that seven. Well, yeah, five. So she yeah, five knew five. five. The, five the character, five. the the actor, and apparently yes. he's a real prick. 
Uh, was they, he on Hannah Montana or something? Well, whatever it is. Ricky, Nikki, Dicky, and Dawn. Oh, he's yeah. on the Nickelodeon yeah. show. Yeah, and apparently he's a real dick of an actor, uh, personally. Oh, uh, really? Yes, that's. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just the messenger. Don't kill the messenger. That's an actor. Um, so in the in the kids' world, uh, he's not a very nice person. But I thought he was pretty awesome in terms of how you play an old man, right? Uh, who's supposed to be in his 60s or 70s, you know, as a, as a kid. Uh, I loved Umbrella Academy. Uh, I loved the first season. I loved the second season. Uh, the way it ended was great. Uh, that was a kind of uh, series for me. Again, I don't, I don't attach to the comics because I never read comics growing up. But for the binge was worth the binge. I could not, I could not binge it fast enough. And I give uh, the great uh, Chris Diaz, my, my deity and comic the uh the credit for saying watch it watch umbrella academy you, you won't get down and i'm psyched for season three. Oh yeah I'll, I'll add my two cents also i started watching it um i never read the comics either i heard of it never read it i watched it through word of mouth and again like everybody else i love both seasons it's just it's just fun it's different it's fun all the characters are great all the actors who are cast are perfectly cast um and what i'll add also to it is the soundtrack for both seasons is phenomenal I mean, this past, this past season, the one scene with Diego in the hallway in, in the in the during the party with I was made for loving you by right here. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I almost fell yes. off my couch. I almost <laughs> fell off my couch. That was phenomenal. So yes, great series, great story, original story. Everybody's great in it. Looking forward to season three. It wasn't a great John that they weren't worried about using music from the time. Exactly. Like, they didn't feel compelled to use early 60s music to illustrate all of those scenes. Right. It, we, we knew that the, the, the time slide was all over the place. Right. So, and, the, and the songs. So I was made for love and you actually fit that fight scene. Yes, exactly right. I couldn't believe it when I heard the first opening beats. I, I almost fell off my couch, like I said. <laughs> as long as you I, didn't I fall will, off Neil Tenzer's couch, it, that's a different couch. Oh, a yes, bit. yes. I was going to say, I, I will get to this. I just haven't yet. The spoilers aren't going to stop me from getting to it. It's just uh, fighting time. All right. By the third special. We expect you to yes. be completely well I will have, I'll be caught up. Now, hey, Chris, here's my I, thing. Yeah, good. I Go think, ahead. Chris, the kid's name was Harlan. I think the kid you're thinking about. Yes, Harlan. Harlan. Yes. Yeah. Harlan. Yes. Yes. Now, Harlan. this is the kid. This is the son of yeah. the the mom who was living in the barn. Uh, yes. Vanya was essentially their nanny mm -hmm. when they hit her with the car. Right. Yes. Very, very Marty McFly style. Right. right. And, and prediction. And I don't I don't I don't know this because I didn't get that far in the comics. But my prediction is going to be that Harlan is a, might be is a member of the Spyro Academy. I buy it. Yeah. Okay. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. A wonderful foreshadowing. Ooh. And there are no comics after Ooh. this this season, right? Right. There's, right. There's so they can go season anywhere. Three of comics. Oh, no. interesting. Okay. Yeah. Kind of like kind of like Game of Thrones. We're still waiting yeah. for Martin to finish things up. So yeah. HBO just Dude. took the ball and ran with it. Right. Okay. I know John's like, come on already. <laughs> Another season. All, yeah. right. All right. Here, here's my two cents on the Umbrella Academy. Love the first season. Took me a little while to get into the second season, though. I, I like the idea of scattering everybody out across their different years and dealing with their own individual problems. So you got some time to learn about what everybody was doing once they got to Dallas. Like the whole, um, was it, is his name Virgil? The, the gorilla guy. Luther. Luther, 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 I'm sorry, I don't like Virgil. Uh, so he uh, he's working for Jack Ruby as yep. a as a fight clubber. I thought that was a really really cool device. But here's here's the one takeaway that I really appreciated from Umbrella Academy. It was really the only time travel 
series or movie that really got into the ramifications of meeting yourself, meeting a version of yourself, right, in another time. So the fact that there is this whole paradox, right, this uh, space-time continuum paradox where you get physically ill if you meet another version of yourself. I thought that was extremely inventive. I didn't, you know, even back to the future, all right, so Marty McFly is starting to disappear as he's playing in the, uh, in the prom scene. But to meet, to meet yourself, the, the sweating, the itching, the farting, the, <laughs> <laughs> the rage, and, and it was like a buildup. It was a whole, whole progression of how you're going to be screwed up if you meet your, uh, another version of yourself. And the other version of five, the older version of five, was dealing with that too. So it wasn't just the one person. It was both versions of, of that self. That, that I thought was, was really neat. And uh, I wish other, uh, other sci-fi and fantasy vehicles that deal with time travel had addressed that. So good That's on you. One, one more thing. Go for it. Season one versus season two. The one thing I missed in season two that season one had, and I was probably the best part of season one, Hazel and Cha-Cha. I missed those two. Yeah. Yes. Well, yes. <laughs> you, get a, you get a little bit of Hazel at the very beginning, right? True, but not, not enough. Not enough Hazel. Yep. Yeah. 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 I have a feeling now with everything reset, I mean, you're going to see everybody back, especially Pogo. Oh, oh we yeah. need to see more That's Pogo. Right. Everybody yeah. loves a talking chimp. He yep. doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. We're uh, Bad to the Dead. We are bringing back our dad geeks with this Dad Alorian special. We've already spoken about Wonder Woman and the Umbrella Academy. Uh, the folks that we have on are John Brooks, Neil Tenzer, Chris Diaz from Wine with Cheetos, and of course, Coach Randy as a uh, co-moderator and panelist, yep, with, the, with his two thumbs and his opinions. And we are now going to transition to, and if anybody needs to do a little uh, deep knee bending or stretching for this one, The Boys. Uh, woo, woo. The Boys on Amazon. The, so The Boys. Love it. Well, a, a mind blow. Every episode was a mind blow. <laughs> yep. Outrageous, extremely well written, good character development. And, you know, there, there's this... Um, post-episode series with Aisha Tyler. Uh, she hosts it. She talks to all the actors. And when you speak to a lot of the actors that you don't know about, like um, Anthony Starr, who plays Homelander, actually seems like a very grounded, uh, nice guy. <laughs> so if, if you get an opportunity in your quote-unquote spare time to check that out, it, it's certainly worth watching. End of season one, Butcher tries to blow up Homelander. Homelander rescues him, takes him to this compound where his quote unquote ex-wife and son are now living and, and that's where it ends and actually the first season uh first episode first couple episodes i think start without butcher because he's on the hunt all right so that's that's the table setting for the boys and uh john we're going to start with you because oh uh, i know you were uh you were you were breaking sweats just like i was when, when you were watching this series there's a lot to unpack here so yes. i'm going to leave it to the panelists as to where you want to start all right, I'll do my best. The boys, I got into very late. So this past summer, I actually binged the entire season basically, basically for two weeks or so straight because I heard so much about it. And I know it's based on the comic book also. Never read the comic, but I heard so much about how outrageous I heard the series was. And sure enough, I sat there with my jaw on the floor each episode, like, what the hell am I watching here? But this is fantastic. There's one, one episode where Tyler walked in my room at, at the absolute worst moment he could have walked into the room. So I had to throw him out of there. Um, close yeah, your eyes, so. close your eyes, be gone, be gone. Don't, don't look at the TV set, please don't look at the TV set. <laughs> but uh, again, just again, great, great show, outrageously over the top, very well acted. 
Um, any show that has someone being strangled by an oversized penis works for me. <laughs> so, and there was that. There was the deep driving through the whale, and 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 the dolphin flying out the window, and just I mean, you can go on and on and on with this series. But again, great story, violent, but but it fits. It all fits. I think that the first season finale when uh, they showed uh, Butcher's wife alive. And the sun came out. I fell off my chair. I, I do a lot of falling, as you can see. <laughs> um, and just, I can't wait for season three. I just, I can't wait. And 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 I'm a beer missed by not missing Starlight, who was just beautiful. So Starlight's like the uh, like the Gaga dote of, uh, of of the voice in many ways. I, I would say so. Yes, in, in a more of a pure, in a more of a pure wholesome kind of way. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. John, what do you think about you know we're talking about the dysfunctionality of the family and um, Umbrella Academy? Right. You know, I think what makes the boys so much fun is that these these folks who are supposed to be heroes, right, and they're essentially right. just corporate corporate goons, are are dysfunctional. You know, yeah. Queen Maeve, she has she has her issues and her worries, and and right. Homelander, please, where do I start there? He's got all kinds of issues, like mommy issues and insecurity issues. As as much as much of a prick as he is, he's got his own issues too. Uh, Black Noir is just kind of there. You don't know his backstory yet, really. He's a peanut analogy, but other than that, you have no idea. <laughs> yeah, um, we, we learned quite a bit about some of those those other characters, uh, those right. other characters too, a little, and, little more backstory. And Lamplighter too, you know, Lamplighter was just yeah. a statue in the first season. And right. now he he played a very prominent role. We kind of know how he got mixed up with. Right. And the evil that he did and, what he, and the, the horrible thing that he had done, he didn't plan to do. He almost felt kind of bad for him at the end in that sort of way, a little bit. Almost, it was still a horrible thing, but you still felt a little sympathy for him as as a character. And as far as the boys themselves, I mean, you have you have a uh, um, Billy Butcher who is just a bastard, but he's on a mission. And you know why he's on a mission? Huey's like the reluctant superhero who's like dragged in there, but there's a reason why he's dragged in there. And uh, just the, the chemistry just fits. Mother's Milk and Frenchie. I mean, it's just fun to watch them all interact yeah. with each other. Yeah, awesome. Neil, you've been quiet and for good reason because you just didn't watch the Umbrella Academy. I just have to remind you of that. Um, let's have you weigh in now on, <laughs> on the boys. Yes, thank you. Adam. Appreciate that. So yes, I uh, I also binged it like John did uh, over a couple of weeks. And again, same thing. Uh, obviously, first five to ten minutes of the opening scene of the opening episode, you know, you're blown away when she when the, when his girlfriend is is incinerated um the scene that got me in the first season before we jump to second is when uh butcher and uh i forgot who he was with they go into the uh hospital and they get the babies and he picks the baby up with the laser eyes and he kills the guys holding the baby shooting with the laser eyes Freaking phenomenal. And then, and then he's like diabolical. Just excellent. I mean, right there, it's it had honestly the, the show is everything. It has the violence, it has the humor, it has the action, it has the story, it, uh, the characters are are, are well uh, developed, everything is is there. And again, just carried into uh into uh season two with uh how disturbing Homelander is, and he gets more and more disturbing as each episode goes on. I feel like, and um, uh, yeah, I mean, it it really is one of those shows that once you start watching, you cannot stop. Um, um, I'm looking forward to season three as well. 
I'm a big Supernatural fan, and I know uh, Jensen Ackles is going to play Soldier Boy in season three. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, that character and how he takes that character and just where they're going to go. I mean, it's, it's set up to go so far, so it's it's really exciting to watch. All right, yeah. For, yeah, for me, you know, Adam D., uh, anybody, and I am I can attest to John, you know, you, you, your kids are coming in, you know, you want to push it on pause. The dude's banging flying in the air, right? <laughs> that, if there's I also, had... Spent, there's also masturbating by moonlight. I really yes. didn't need to see that. <laughs> you know, so I'm thinking, if I have superpowers, that's how I'd use my superpowers. I think all of us are like, really, come on. I'm not saving the world. I'm banging some hot chick flying in the air doing what I can do because I'm Homelander. Right. And I would spread my jizz anytime oh, like that in the moon because <laughs> right. Right. Why wouldn't you? I'm, I'm Homelander. I have gifts. Forget about saving people. And that's what I love about the boys <laughs> is they go to the dark side of these powers. They're being used for corporate America. Right. Uh, you know, the, the bad guy, uh, he's an, he's, uh, I forget his name, the actor's name. I'm trying to find it online. John Carlo Esposito. Oh, John Carlo Esposito. Yes, yes. yes. Ubiquitous. This the head of Vaughn. Yep. He is, I mean, he is. Yeah, he's he all is, over the place. He is like the diabolical character in, you know, from uh, Everything. Better Call Saul. Breaking Bad. Yeah. Breaking he's got that Bad. voice. It's the voice. It how, many the voice. Of you would, how many of you would love to have Giancarlo Esposito do a cameo for your birthday? <laughs> oh, oh I, mean, just, would I would fun. like to oh, do my God. own voice message on my cell phone, right? So... <laughs> John, so, it's your birthday, and you have something that I want. Yeah, <laughs> terrible impression, but I mean, he—he he is actually. I, I watched some other show, um, um, uh, Dear White People, where he's the voice uh, on Dear White People. Oh, he's the voice over. He's, yeah, a, he's right. a narrator, which is actually a really great uh, in Netflix as well. So he is like this great guy uh, that uses people, and I'm thinking, yeah, I think we had an argument over you know who's the the greatest you know superhero of all time. My hats off is to Homelander because he's doing exactly what everybody's id would be doing in that situation from a Foy perspective of really using his power to be selfish. It's, just, it's a gift. Yeah. I'm saying. I'm just. And, and that's the steps. thing with Homelander. As as you get to uh, understand him more, you understand why he's like that. I mean, he was a right. test tube baby mm -hmm. who was brought up that way, and you know had no real no childhood so right it, it makes sense how messed up the guy is chris there were a lot of different devices in in this show did you have a favorite or a small handful of favorites where when you look back on the whole series or the whole season you know season mm -hmm. two you're like well i hope that they do something more with that in the next season um the 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 thing that has always uh made me so interested in the boys is that they're superheroes with real life problems. So I want to see more of that. I want to see an exploration of those issues. If they could even get any deeper than they, than they have already um, spill into season three. And I mean, what do you have? You have Homelander, right? He's potentially the most, most uh, uh, intimidating hero in, in, in the entire show, but he's got abandonment and daddy issues, right? Um, you've got the deep, he's got, you know, a sex addiction and you've got A-Train and he's a drug addict, right? right. Uh, you, you, I, I love the fact that there's this interplay 
of real world issues that almost everyone can relate to or know someone who has been through, right? Um, and, and they find their way into this pop culture media empire of heroes, right? So you've, you've, you've got, as, as you guys have rightly pointed out, uh, superheroes controlled by corporations, right? So it's like the MTV of, you know, of our generation of, of, of superheroes. And we're seeing all the wonderful good stuff. And behind the scenes, these people are struggling with real, real issues, you know, that make people with power more dangerous. And isn't that an, uh, a, a corollary to our real lives, right? Uh, what we see on television with our leaders and our heroes, but, you know, they become more dangerous because of the things that they have going on behind the scenes that we don't see. And uh, that's what I think makes the boys uh, just such an awesome, awesome show because you've got all that. Yeah. I want to see more of that yeah. next season. Yeah. You know, we didn't, we didn't talk about this character, but she was such a, a nudge and, and played it so well. And that was Stormfront. Oof. Right. And at first you thought mm -hmm. she was just some random character that was imported into the, the, the seven by the Giancarlo Esposito characters, because that's what he wanted. And then you realize there's that history with Vaught and she's been, you know, essentially immortal, made, made immortal uh, through the, the, the chemical compound. And uh, I love the way that she first got under Homelander's skin. So it's like, all right, now he's got a real nemesis who's willing to challenge him. And let's see how he reacts to that and then they become a thing they become a couple and uh his whole manipulation at the end gets twisted up in that uh, i thought that was really brilliant how that uh that video on the airplane from season one where queen Maeve and uh, uh, Hi uh homelander i was about to say star lord i don't know why i keep saying star -Lord. <laughs> homelander decided not to save that airplane because homelander was coming up with one excuse after another I thought uh, that was that was really neat. And then every episode, probably from I guess episode four on, I was wondering whose head is going to explode today, yeah. <laughs> and why are yep. certain heads exploding and other heads not? Louis, clearly this person has the power to blow up anybody's heads. And yes, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, it's the Congresswoman. It's the Congresswoman. It's the Congresswoman. And I love at the end that he uh, blew up the head of that faux Scientology. Right. Uh, that was trying to manipulate the how deep because awesome it show so how much of a, a schmuck the deep was still we knew he was a schmuck we knew he could be easily manipulated but his schmuckness just came out a thousand fold when he was being manipulated by this uh this church of extreme consciousness or whatever that whatever they call it whatever the movie airplane called it yeah. <laughs> i was giving out the flowers yeah. all right so that's that's the boys um we, we could probably do a whole episode on the boys and uh maybe we will when season Three comes out, but uh, enjoyable, um, definitely, um, yeah, I'm going to say X-rated entertainment, but certainly bordered on that, right? NC-17 for sure. Sure. Yeah. It was the kind that you, you would watch and you're like, this is inappropriate, but I feel okay watching it. <laughs> you, you can't help but want to watch to see what was going to happen next. <laughs> right. And right. if I could point out one more girl power scene, the scene where uh, Starlight, Maeve, and Kubiko are kicking... Storm oh my God! Was How great was that? Was How fantastic. great was that? And, and this was also a series with some great music. And when the fight scenes are happening, you get yes. you get a great soundtrack. And it's like all and classic it, rock. None of this new poppy crap. Exactly right. And all the good parts. There's boob. I mean, come on. 
<laughs> well, we, we thought you hit the quote already with all the sex references and thumb references <laughs> yeah, and for the show. It's the, it's, the, it's the grill in the room. I'm just going to acknowledge it. Sorry, folks. <laughs> and you, you, you play that gorilla very, very well. Boob. This guy. You, coach. You, you, you were in the title and no one's going to take it away from you. All right, let's round it all out with The Mandalorian Season 2 streaming on Disney+. Plus. Uh, just to bring you back to last January, we all know that uh, John Brooks, not a huge fan of The Mandalorian Season 1, wasn't sure where this thing is going, realized, okay, we basically created a whole series just to have a cute baby Yoda and sell a bunch of action figures. Let's go back to John, Season 2. Uh, we actually watched the first two episodes together as a group outside Coach Randy's backyard. He blew up the screen. Thank you so much for bringing us to AMC Theaters, Coach Randy style. It was awesome. And uh, and caught those first two episodes. I think we all thought this season had a lot of promise after the first episode. John, what do you think? No, not for the first episode. Um, season two, again, the first half for me was like, like an extension of season one, where <laughs> just, where was it going? I feel like I'm watching the A-team in outer space. He shows up at a different town, saves the town, moves on. Where is this going? We had a whole episode about a lizard couple and, and trying to save lizard eggs and baby Yoda eating the eggs. It's like an hour of never getting back. Now I get this, there's a whole journey here. It's, a, it's like a novel. You have to go on and on and on to get to a certain point, but. I don't, th I don't think you do get it. I, 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 apparently not. <laughs> All I know is the, the last half of the season was, was spectacular. More action, more of a real story. Um, it was great seeing Luke at the very end, which was, I mean, I didn't wait, see that. Wait, coming, wait, Luke? Luke comes at the end. Spoilers, Randy. Oh. Spoilers. Luke Skywalker appears at the end. Luke Skywalker appears at the oh. end. Luke Skywalker appears at the end. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Rick. Bringing Luke in, bringing Boba Fett in, uh, in in this season was was great. Uh, the very last scene of this of the whole season with a uh, Bib Fortuna back at Jabba's palace was was great. These were good to see. Well, like Bib Fortuna this time. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. Very fat. Yeah. But not so much nostalgia. Just. Added more to like an action-packed story. I mean, were there certain episodes in the first season and a half? But just where's this going? The acting is horrible. The writing is not that good. I just it wasn't doing it for me. Sorry. All right. Good. Good thing we got him out of the way. <laughs> See, and, and, and John and I we share a Disney account uh, just for Star Wars. So I have to know: Are are you up for the next three years? <laughs> I am. I am. No. Look. I know, because you want to see Lady and the Tramp, too. So we're going to <laughs> I'm, I'm giving it a chance. I stuck with it the whole way. It got so much better the second half of this season. So hopefully now it'll keep it going the way it has been, which is the first season half. I was very disappointed. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Don Diaz. Oh, my God. All right. Let's strap in. Uh, <laughs> there, the Mandalorian gets to do what it does because it's a show with a plan. Okay. It gets to world build. It gets to create new characters. It gets to introduce us to new characters. It gets to drag us along if it wants to, because unlike the sequel movies that I know John is a big fan of, um, there is a plan. There was no plan. There was a disjointed vision in the last three movies that left you kind of like, oh, we're tossing everything away that we knew about Star Wars. No, we're bringing it back. The Mandalorian knows what it's doing, okay? Um, one of the things that we talked about last time we were all together was that The Mandalorian is a great show because it wasn't bringing back all these old characters. It was giving us a whole new world, right? Um, now, granted, They've earned the right at this point, I think, to do that 
and they have, you know, but they're not pulling necessarily from just the movies. We've got characters from the extended universe. We have Ahsoka. Uh, we have a reference to, to Grand Admiral Thrawn, right? Uh, Bo-Katan. So they're bringing in parts of this world while, I'm sorry, John, also building characters from the new world that they're creating, i.e. the lizard mommy and her eggs, right? And part of that is, is getting to know this new world that they're building. Um, I love it. I love that they're doing that. Um, I love that there's a Western motif throughout the entire thing. Yep. Um, look, you know what the great thing about this season was? Despite all the big things, right? Despite Luke Skywalker coming back at the end, despite the characters that we love or we've heard about being brought in, you got to see what it's like when the tables turned and the ragtag bunch of rebels are now running the show and the empire is now the ragtag bunch of rebels spread thin across the galaxy and having to fight against a power that is greater than them, right? Um, that scene where um, you've got, and I think it was the second to last episode or maybe the next, to, the third to last episode where they're bringing in those explosive uh, materials into that base, right? And they wheel uh, uh, Bill Burr's character. Um, awesome uh, character, by the way. Yes. Uh, oh my God, what's his name? It's going to bug me. But they um, they wheel that in, right? They manage to get past the natives who are angry that they're you know bringing that stuff in. They bring it in, and you see a room full of stormtroopers standing around, you know, cheering him on and clapping and waving. What's the first thing that comes to mind? After Luke destroyed the Death Star and came back to the rebel base and you had all the rebels hooting and hollering, it was just that same scene flipped on its ass. And you've got the Empire, now this little group that is delighting in small wins, right? And to see that, I think, gives us a real, real perspective uh, on, on how this new world has, has developed. Um, I mean, I could go for an hour. Uh, you know, there's just there's there's so much that this new uh, that this new season brought us, um, and 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 I think in every way it succeeded, um, and uh, I, I'm just I'm completely hyped for that. I'm completely hyped for the book of Boba Fett. Um, I thought that they did an amazing job this season, and uh, the series is the best Star Wars thing since the original trilogy i stand by that and this is going to yield so many other series this is going to jump in for one second yeah we're okay. going to anyway so <laughs> i agree with everything you just said honestly i do i don't i don't need the old characters to make it a good show it was it was great to see them i don't need it to make it a good show bring new characters and it's fine i don't watch the i don't watch rebels i don't i don't read the books i know the characters they reference like us so with Fano and thrawn so it's nice to see they're bringing them in. I agree with all that. I just thought it took too long with too much filler to get here. I'm very optimistic for season three. I'm looking forward to season three after how season two finished off. I just thought it took way too long to get to this point. That's kind of my argument now. What's filler? What do, what do, what in, in, in your view is filler? Episode I two. I'll, I'll give you that, John. For an hour. I don't Episode need to two. Go to eat eggs for an hour. Episode two probably did not need to happen. They no, could have exactly. No, provided a more action packed. No, no, no. I, I think I think I think it did need to happen. I think it did need the to happen because out. you know why? 
you learned something new about Grogu, right? But he eats lizard eggs. He's not, not, but yes, yes. He likes yes. caviar. He likes right, caviar. yeah, you learned that. But you, but you learned, you learned that he's just not this sweet, cute little baby. You learned that there's something more to him, right? What did we learn about, about Luke, right? At the end of, of this season, right? As he comes through and starts destroying these dark troopers, right? We saw that there's, and at least I, there's this parallel between Luke and Vader um, in Rogue One, right, where, right. where, where Rogue, I mean, the scene is almost shot for shot the same way that, that, uh, that Vader comes down that hallway, right? And uh, Luke is doing the same thing to the dark troopers, right? There's a little bit of darkness in Luke. There's this tiny little bit of darkness that makes him potentially volatile. And, and, and I, think, I think the more we learn about Grogu, the more we're gonna find that there's a little bit of that in him too. And, I, and he didn't care. I mean, this is a creature that's enlightened, right? That understands the force or that at least has that embedded in him. He doesn't give a crap that he's, he's, he's eating something that's potentially going to live again. Uh, he, or that has the potential to become life. He's, he's surviving. He's doing what he has to do. And uh, you know, it took away a little bit of that sweetness. It took away a little bit of that, oh, he's just this cute little uh, you know, force sensitive baby. He's, you know, he's an animal like the rest of us. Yeah. And uh, I think that's important. I think it's important to learn that. And if you got to sacrifice one episode to find that out, so be it. Look, I hope I'm wrong when it's all said. I really do. I hope I'm wrong. I'm looking forward well, there, to season there, three. There will be a season three. It has been yes. confirmed. Yeah. And we'll see. I mean, obviously, uh, Grand Moff Gideon was was uh, scared off his pants that Luke was uh, unleashing hell on his own starship and, you know, even tried to uh, to kill Grogu. So we'll see the, how that plays out. Uh, Neil, save us a little bit here. I mean, I, I, I would kind of pick off where Chris was going with uh, the Grogons, Grogon story, Baby Yoda, I'll call him, because that's what everybody likes him as. Um, will they pick up with him in season three? I, I would have, if I had a guess, I would say no. I would say his story is kind of wrapped up and his story is going to continue on, again, being trained by Luke off screen. And will that set up, you know, kind of lead into the whole, Ben Solo killing him, you know, if he's wiping out everybody before the uh, the Force Awakens. But again, I, I would assume that they're not going to focus on the Mandalorian. And now he wields the dark saber. Is he going to uh, have to battle? Um, yeah, I forgot her name, but uh, you know. Yeah. Right, right. The Katie yeah. Sackhoff character? Right. Exactly, yes. Yeah, it's which I thought was a, a great casting because of the whole Battlestar Galactica connection right, sci-fi right. fantasy. And but Sasha that, Banks that, well. that was unresolved, Neil. Sasha how did you feel yeah. about that? Yeah. How, yeah. How, did you, well, how did you feel about the fact that that battle did not occur and the sword is still with Mandalorian, right? The Darksaber yep. is still and, with and, and, I was and fine with that. Yeah, I thought, I thought it worked out well. I thought the beauty of it that... It was never about that. He didn't. He doesn't want it. He just wanted to save the kid and get the kid to safety. That that's what his his mission was. And now that he's essentially completed his mission, what is his new mission going to be? Is right. it going to be now saving the Mandalorian homeworld and being the the king of it, or does he want to just kind of continue on as that bounty hunter on his own, uh, you know, going on and uh, doing his own thing? I mean, that's where. I would imagine season three is going to uh, to, to take over and pick up from. It, you know, it, it's I, just 
it's setting it up for, uh, again, as, as Chris said, this is your space Western. And that's the thing, you know, the music as well, you know, and your rendition at the beginning, Adam, was beautiful, by the way. Um, the, 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 it, it just talks to that. Uh, it, it, it opens it up to, to new viewers and to loyalists as well. And it brought everything together at the end there. But again, you don't have to be a Star Wars fan to love the show. And, you know, obviously we all are Star Wars fans and most of us love the show. But, uh, you know, I, I think hope. There's, uh, hope. there's hope there. There is hope. A new hope. Ah, for you. A new hope. For you. No. How about how about that circle back? That's very nice, John. And, <laughs> no, I would just like to say ditto, ditto, and ditto. Uh, John, I'm with you. Um, I'm sorry. The the egg. I remember we, we watched it together. You know, at the end, I was really excited. The first episode was awesome. Episode two, I'm like, WTF, man? What's going on here? You know, why was that? And so it was hard, I guess, in a bigger context. Chris is saying, have hope, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's all going to make sense. Uh, I appreciate that, but my concern is, will Star Wars ever be able to get past the value of Skywalker? That it took Luke Skywalker coming in the last episode, and you're like, OMG, yeah. and just the value that Skywalker brings into the entire complexity of the world of Star Wars, and will they ever be able to break from that uh, and have that particular um, storyline be in the past? So, now, Coach, I, I agree that that was a Hail Mary, but let me ask you this. If that cow was removed and that was somebody like Ahsoka, would it have diminished the series? You probably wouldn't have been as excited, but would you have still thought it was pretty cool? Well, absolutely would have been really cool. Someone with the Force would have been great. But the fact that it had to be Luke Skywalker Mm -hmm. to go back in is a tie back to the significance of just what Luke means to the entire series across the board uh, and why some of the sequels were that they weren't accepted as they were and the ending with between the force, the rise of Skywalker and the dying in that episode, you need Luke. And so right now, Star Wars has to figure out maybe that's why they're going off of these tangents, which is great. But uh, I grew up and I'm a Luke Skywalker guy. And it seems hard not to have Skywalker as part of the lexicon moving forward. That's that's my two cents. All right. So we've already unloaded. We've unpacked some of our favorite sci-fi and fantasy series from 2020. We're going to do it all again in 2022. Our guests on our panel here have been John Brooks. They've been Neil Tenzer. They've been Chris Diaz. Before we go, is there one thing that we should be watching that maybe we're not watching or talking about right now? Any recommendations? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I, uh, I can't, if you have not binged um hbo's uh follow-up to um the watchman mm-hmm. also called watchman um do that do it yesterday uh, regina king is in that it is amazing um it, it it was uh i believe it aired in 2019 um and it is so prescient with respect to what's going on now in the world um you do not have to uh, have seen the previous movie. It doesn't hurt if you did. Um, it's a little better if you have read the comic book. And again, you don't need to love a damn thing about superheroes. That's an Eisner winning comic book. Uh, it is amazing. And it takes place in a alternate version of the eighties. Um, what takes place in uh, the 
current uh, iteration of the Watchmen is a, uh, a version of our time, um, but in a parallel sort of universe. And it is, it is just in every way um, amazing. The, I think the second to last episode, if I would be, I, I think it did, it may have won an, an Emmy. Um, it, it was so well-directed. The characters are so well fleshed out. If you love The Watchmen, you get backstory that you are not expecting. Um, if you love Regina King, watch it because she's Arumpa. Arumpa. phenomenal. phenomenal. Watch it. Awesome. Um, as far as this isn't science fiction, but for all you 80s fans out there, if you haven't watched Cobra Kai, I suggest you do it. It it's is trending. a great, yeah. great series. It takes you back to the Karate Kid movies. If you've seen those as a kid growing up, and it just, and they're still stuck in the '80s anyway, so it's, it's, <laughs> it's really a fun series to watch. It is. And folks it's are fun. saying season three is the best. Yes, it was absolutely. Yep. And I just, I'll, I'll add that uh, hopefully on the next show we could also delve into uh, WandaVision and oh, yes. uh, Falcon and, um, and Winter Soldier. Um, Winter Soldier coming out, and again when Book of Boba Fett starts, I'm just hoping and praying that the opening scene of the opening episode is him getting out of the pit. Yes. Going uh, back to that, because I just want to see what the hell that inside looks like and how <laughs> he gets out of there and how he loses his armor doing it. So. Right. We need backstory. We need backstory. And yes. I'd, I'd like to know if there is wine and Cheetos in the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> you coming on season three <laughs> coach what's up now there is one show it's out there netflix i discovered it the magicians mm. okay and it is uh harry potter-ish um they're in five seasons i by a fluke and frankly it's a story about a place faraway place about fillery it's about magic and schools and it's actually uh somewhat entertaining it's uh no big mention it's not real popular but they have five seasons i threw out there it's called the magicians on netflix it's about 45 minutes per episode i throw it back as a as a fun watch over the course of the next three months because we're still still homebound for many of us i'm going to go with science not necessarily science fiction science and good narration uh neil degrasse tyson on disney plus i think it's the national geographic segment cosmos where there's foreshadowings to what worlds may look like as soon as 2039 so that whole kind of what if scenario, I think, is, is kind of neat, dovetails nicely with whatever you're, uh, we're all talking about today. So if you're looking for something different, that's a little educational. Neil deGrasse Tyson hosting Cosmos on Disney+. Plus. This, as always, a tremendous amount of fun. Again, we want to thank John Brooks, Neil Tenzer, and Chris Diaz from Wine with Cheetos for being on our sci-fi fantasy streaming special, The Dadalorians here on Bad to the Dad. Coach, as always, good partnering with you on this panel. And you actually said some things that didn't have to do with sex. So we, we do appreciate that. <laughs> you stepped out of your comfort zone for a little bit. It was rough. I, I wanted to jump in on the Watchmen because they do show a big blue penis, but I chose not to say that. <laughs> and here you did. Well, he just did, right. <laughs> <laughs> we are bad to the dead. Download us wherever you find podcasts.
We are Bad to the Dead with Coach Randy and Adam D. We really want to thank you for listening to our sci-fi and fantasy special with our panelists, Neil Tenzer, John Brooks, and Chris Diaz. It was called The Dadalorians. I know it was a lot of fun. Uh, you're going to be able to see some of the pictures uh, over Zoom of, of what we were talking about uh, on our social media platforms. Again, at Bad to the Dad is where you can find us on most of the social media platforms. And if you like what you heard and you have some ideas either for other series to binge or if you have a, a guest idea or a topic idea for us, email us. It's contact us at badtothedad.com. That's contact us at badtothedad.com. And once again, we are brought to you by Berman Branding, bermanbranding.com, social media at Berman Branding. Fun episode, Coach. I think we got a lot off our chests. I, I got to tell you, I feel freer. Uh, and I love, I love the dads. This is a uh, this has become like a special kind of tradition, uh, which I hope we can continue doing uh, because we got great dads um, and funny conversations. Uh, we have Don Diaz as, uh, and he's a, he's a big time guest. I mean, I think two more visits, he gets the, he gets the, uh, he gets the jacket, he gets the red jacket. Um, you know, you got to go to the thrift store and get him one. Yeah. <laughs> you got Neil Tenzer and of course, John Brooks, uh, all great people, all great dads, uh, lots of strong opinions which is what we want to have here. We need differing opinions. No one's just jumping in and just uh, um, offering the, the the line. They're willing to go off the board uh, mm -hmm. for Jewish athletes when necessary to try new things. <laughs> well, a, a lot more passion when it comes to sci-fi and fantasy than politics. So believe me, um, this this was a safe zone. They, yes. they actually pulled the reins back a little bit. Uh, we could have gone on for hours, but we try to keep our program to uh, an hour or just a touch over an hour. Uh, and speaking of dads and other dads, I know many of you have been asking, so when are you coming back? Uh, we are targeting Sunday, February 14th. So that is Valentine's Day. So go take care of your, your wives or your husbands, your significant others, whoever that might be. Uh, if your kids are involved in all of those celebrations, great. I can't see how they wouldn't be these days because we're all at home. So enjoy the, the day of romance. And then, you know, at night or the next day, download the first episode of season five. Um, so what's in store for season five? We're going to have inspirational guests. Uh, we're hunting down a few guests from Luxembourg, where apparently we're, we're pretty popular from France. Um, you know, in many ways, same motif where we're going to bring in folks from corporate America, uh, folks who do a lot of uh, similar work to Coach Randy, a lot of uh, training and coaching and authors and uh, and guests who do some unique things, some fun stuff, you know, and for the world of, of, of TV and radio, maybe a couple that are, are from the world of theater. And uh, it's going to be a complete package, just like we strive to do every year. Um, the world will be a slightly different place as we enter season five. Uh, hopefully many of us will be vaccinated and that'll be the beginning of the end of this nightmare we know is COVID. And we're also going to have new leadership in the White House. And that may that may inform the guests that we select as well. So keep it here to, to bed to the dead, coach. And I'm uh, looking forward to a very strong And, you, and you've been five. vaccinated. You have, you have been vaccinated, right? I say I've been half-sinated. Half so I got the first dose this past week. And uh, I really want to thank uh, St. Barnabas Hospital and the RWJ Barnabas system. Uh, and also my employer, the visiting nurse association health group for giving me the opportunity to be on the, uh, I guess on the one B list, uh, an amazing procedure, great organization. 
you, you go in, it's like clockwork. You fill out your forms. They got the card ready for you. You go in immediately, you're vaccinated. Then you're in an observation seat for 15 minutes. Uh, a lovely nurse or an orderly comes by, just asks you if you're feeling woozy or you have any other symptoms and then off you go. So really the, the whole campaign takes about a half an hour and that's nothing, nothing to get us back outside in theaters, at stadiums, eating at restaurants. These are the things that we miss. Any follow-up reaction? Just curious. Anything follow-up reaction? Other than shooting spider webs out of my wrist, you know, really nothing. And I can look. And that's at that. a blessing in disguise. <laughs> well, you know what they say. What was uh, what was Spider-Man's uncle's words? With great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. To be perfectly honest, the only side effect was uh, dead arm soreness in my left arm, and I can live with that. Nothing worse than what you would have gotten with a flu shot. All right. I'm glad you're healthy. Glad you're safe. I am in phase one B as an educator. So we'll be finding out probably sometime in the next couple of weeks. All right. Well, I hope by February you are vaccinated. Um, you know, I know that there's a shortage, but hopefully that picks up and there are new producers of the vaccine. We know of Pfizer and Moderna right now, but we also know that AstraZeneca and Oxford are going to be launching their product very, very soon. And hopefully that's on a a worldwide level, because I'd, I'd really like to try, and much as I love my hometown, I'd like to try to get out of Essex County and start seeing some other places. Agreed, Adam D., and it's always a pleasure. You are a genius, a kind man, and the yin to my yang. Right back at you. It's sort of a boomerang kind of thing. <laughs> we are bad to the dad. Dads, have a great week. 